0: We're in a Kingdom Power series. Um, We've had a look at a bunch of stuff already. Um, Perhaps the greatest demonstration of power uh, with salvation when people go from death to life because of what Jesus has done for them. Uh, We've had a look at healing, both the theology of healing and the practice of healing. Um, We've had a look at some of the gifts. In fact, last uh, time we looked at um, the gift of tongues and uh, today... We're looking at another one of the gifts. We're looking at the gift of prophecy uh, this morning. Uh, we're going to be reading from 1 Corinthians 14. Um, I'm only going to read the first five verses. Um, I am going to pick out some other verses that come uh, further down, um, but uh, together we're going to read those, those five uh, verses. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 to 5. So if you want to Have a look at that in your Bibles or on your devices. That will be fantastic. Um, Just before I start, I really want to try and give you just a great overview of prophecy this morning. Okay? So I'm trying to keep my anecdotes and my illustrations and stories at a minimal so that we get we get it. Okay? Otherwise, um, I'll 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 not do it justice. So this is just trying to give you a really good kind of baseline. For, for prophecy, and I hope that's helped uh, us this morning. Um, I just want to start with a summary statement. Prophecy is a vital gift that God has given to us for the building of the church and for the extension of His kingdom. We're going to work that out as we go through today. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions about prophecy, and I'm hoping. It's going to be instructive and helpful for you today. So let's read uh, 1 Corinthians 14 uh, verses 1 uh, to 5. Um, I'm going to read it. You can follow. It says this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies... Is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. Okay, the first question is it for today? Is prophecy, in fact, are any gifts for today? Well, how many of you know that God loves to speak to his people? No one. <laughs> Well, he did it right at the start in Genesis 1, 3. And God said, he spoke, let there be light. And then right at the end, Revelation 22, 20, he who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon. He starts it all off and then he promises he's coming back, all of which are spoken and God continues to speak right the way through the Bible, and he continues to speak today. God has spoken since he created the world. He has spoken through his people. We see that through the prophets in the Old Testament. He has spoken supremely in the gift of his son. He has spoken through the apostles, and he speaks through his word, the Bible. And it's the Bible... Itself that provides and tells us of a foundation for believing that God continues to speak to his people through prophecy today. David Pitches, he said this prophecy, and therefore the prophet, was promised by Christ, preached by the apostles, and practiced by his disciples. Is it for today? Yes, indeed. It really is for today. So what is it? What is prophecy? Well, it's a Holy Spirit gift. I've said that already. It's a gift and therefore it doesn't belong to us. In that sense, it belongs to God. And God gives gifts. He distributes gifts as he will. In his free kind of extravagance, he gives gifts to people, it's distributed as his discretion in terms of the measure and the amount of every gift. The word prophet actually means the function of declaring, proclaiming, heralding, if you like, speaking out or making known. So that is a vital component of what prophecy is speaking out. Something that's spoken. It's got to be spoken. The other key element of prophecy is hearing from. Speaking out and hearing from. God reveals something to those who believe in him through the Holy Spirit. It is God revealing and communicating, revelatory, inspired by him. The Holy Spirit, not by us. That's a crucial difference, right? A God word as opposed to a man-inspired word. So you have to be a believer. You've got to believe in that God to be able to hear him. And a believer who knows and has encountered the Holy Spirit, because it's the Holy Spirit that divinely inspires us as God himself, speaks to us. Sam Storms in attempt at making a definition says this. He says the speaking forth in merely merely human words, something the Holy Spirit has sovereignly and spontaneously revealed to a believer. So it's a word from God. Important distinction here it is not the word of God, okay? Prophecies are not the Bible. The Bible is different. The word of God in here is different to a prophecy. Prophecies do not carry the same weight and authority that the Bible carries. It is God's, the Bible is God's unique, eternal, full, and final word, okay? It's important to understand that. So scripture is the word of God. Prophecy is a word from God that's got to align with scripture, but it doesn't have the same weight as scripture. And this can lead to problems. If we put too much weight on prophecy, that it is like final authority, then as you can imagine, that can cause problems. Problems. If we take it too seriously, we've lost something of the balance. But if we don't take it seriously enough, then the Bible says that we're despising the gift that God has given us. Graham Cook, in his book, Developing Your Prophetic Gifting, which, by the way, if you want to develop your prophetic gifting, is a great book to read by Graham Cook, He says this, the answer to misuse and abuse of prophecy is not non-use, but proper use. Now I think it's a really good quote because it can be abused and cause problems and so people are fearful of it, therefore, and then stop doing it. It can be kind of shunned and kind of not made anything of, because of that same reason, and what we've got to find together is a biblical and proper practice of the prophetic gift. So it can range in content from a number of things. It can start with what seems to be a very simple encouragement. And you might ask me, well, how does it differ from the gift of encouragement then? Well, the difference is that it is divinely inspired in a moment. The words might be the same, but there's a a divine now moment for those words. So, for example, I would be very happy prophesying over someone, saying, just praying for them, and then just in that moment, I just feel that what they need to know is that God loves them. Now, that's obvious, like God loves everyone, right, in one sense, But what it makes it prophetic is when it's pertinent to them in that moment and it's divinely inspired for them. And as I might start speaking that over them, I might start saying, God loves you, you know, and he just wants you to know that. And you're safe in his hands, for example. They're just starting to well up or, you know, you're thinking, wow, this is a moment. And yet it's a simple encouragement in many ways that God loves you. It can be that, and that's very good. But imagine if we had lots of words like that come here on a Sunday, like, I just want to say, God loves you. And you step down and you say, well, great, I knew that anyway. And so we, if we just had loads of those words, we, we wouldn't all be growing and being edified necessarily. And so there is a progression that you can go on with the gift of prophecy. And it can go right up to a detailed prediction, a foretelling of only something that God could know of either someone's past or someone's present. And what it does, it pulls them, if you like, out of that place into a brighter and a better future by foretelling something of what is to come for them. That's the level if you like of where the prophetic gift can start as a general encouragement into something that is completely out there that no one would know but god it can be a a word that is for now helping people right where they are at now It can be a confirming word that helps you to endure in what you're doing right now. Keep going. God wants to say you're doing the right thing. Or it might be a future word which will take people from now into the next of what God wants to do with them. I love the story of Gideon. Gideon's feeling like the weakest he's ever felt. And God wants him to go and take on like all the enemies of Israel And the angel comes to him and he gives him a word. And he says, Gideon, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, me? Because that angel is being prophetic in that moment for Gideon. And Gideon, as you read the rest of the story, walks in to that promise to be that mighty man. But at that moment, he was... He was he said, I'm the weakest clan in Israel. What am I what are we gonna do against these mighty enemies? So that's prophecy. It is for today. What is it? It's though all of those things, who is it for? It's a gift and it's available for every believer. If you believe in God, the gift of prophecy is open for you. 1 Corinthians 14, 31, you can all prophesy. We've read here, follow the way of love, eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Verse five, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. If you're in school and you're a kid in this place and you know Jesus, you can prophesy. God will reveal things to you and you can speak out those revelations for his glory. If you're an older person, if you're, and it's for everyone, right? It's for everybody who is a believer. And we probably at this point need to distinguish, don't we, between like you can all prophesy, that's great, but also Christ gave the church himself, Christ himself gave gifts to the church for the strengthening and the encouragement to equip the people for their works of service. And he gave them, didn't he, apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers. So there's this, everyone can prophesy, but there's also this office, if you like, of prophet. And we need both. It's a bit like the gift of teaching. Everyone can teach. That's right. It's biblical. But some have a unique, amazing gift of teaching that is of a different order that God has divinely inspired. What does that office of prophet look like? Well, we would call them a prophet on the basis that their prophecies have been proven over time to be accurate, yes, to be weighty, to be full of the Holy Spirit and to be significant and ultimately come to pass, particularly if they are corrective or foretelling into the future. I like to think of this as a swimming pool, okay? There's a slide that's going to come up. All right, that's the grottiest swimming pool I've ever seen, all right? But it has three kind of levels of depth, Okay, and in the first one, you've got the gift of prophecy. It's like the shallow end that you dip your toe in, and you enter in with that gift of encouragement to strengthen, comfort, and equip others. And then there's this sort of next level, if you want to call it a level, but you develop into this kind of prophetic ministry where you're growing in that gift. You're taking more opportunities. Uh, you're being uh, hearing God in in new and fresh ways, perhaps. And then obviously there's, there's that deep end where you become this, the recognized actually for that gift by others in the office, if you like, of prophet. A prophetic word is for everybody uh, too. It's not just for believers. It can also be for those who don't yet know Jesus And it doesn't always, therefore, have to be in the context of church, although that's the context that Paul is writing to here in 1 Corinthians. And it's a sense in which that this can be used evangelistically as well. This, verse 24 and 25, helps us. An unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying. They are convicted of sin and brought under judgment by all as the secrets of their hearts are laid bare. So they fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. It's an amazing couple of lines that we can aspire to in this church community. Yes, tongues are helpful, but Paul's making the point here that if tongues are not interpreted, how can we all like be edified by those words but Paul's saying prophecy now that's different if you're prophesying together and people are coming in who don't yet know God and they're having the secrets of their hearts unveiled there is no better evangelistic strategy than that one might I suggest as they fall down on their knees exclaiming surely surely God is in this place So it's for everyone, and it can happen anywhere. You can take this gift on the streets, and it is an incredible way to open people's hearts into what God is saying and doing for them. I wanted to just share a little bit on the back of Veriadana's and Philippe's story in one of the words that I had for somebody, I was at a commission prayer and fasting context. In a, uh, we'd gone away for it. And I just felt God impressing upon me a story of me and my wife. And uh, she uh, had a diamond engagement ring, which I bought for her. And uh, over time, she lost one of the stones in it. And so I replaced that stone, like a good and you know, loving husband, I replaced that diamond. And then um, about a year or two later, it happened again. She lost the diamond again. Well, this was what she was telling me, she lost it. Maybe she's got a bag of diamonds somewhere stored up, but uh, that's another story. And so I, I, I bought it again. I went there again. I bought another diamond, and uh, we got it set in the stone. And as I was sitting in this prayer and fasting session, I just felt God say, Two more times and no more. That was what I had from God. On the back of just thinking about that, that picture. It wasn't a new picture. It happened some time ago. God had brought it back into my mind. And then I heard this phrase, Two more times and no more. And so I started to kind of try and interpret what I felt God had revealed to me. So I've had a revelation. I was trying to interpret it. What, what does this mean, God? And I thought, oh, you know, my mind, my human mind went somewhere. Well, maybe, maybe someone's on the brink of an affair, and, the, and like they've done it two, more, two times and, and no more. And then I thought, no, no, that's just me making it up. That's just me making it up. And then I went to something else. Maybe, maybe they've had two job interviews. And, and I was just like, hang on, this is just me making up this interpretation. I'm not sure I have the interpretation of this particular word. And so I just got up, I felt it was like for now, so normally I would go away and pray on that and try and seek who that is for and when, but I just got this sense it was for for that moment. So I got up and I just shared what I just told you two more times, I told the story a little bit, two more times and no more, and I just left it out there and I went and sat back down. Anyway, about five months later, um, one of the guys, one of the leaders in that room came up to me. And he said, you know that word about two more times and no more? That was so for me. I was like, well, great, you could have told me at the time. I've waited five months for this. That was so for me, he said. My daughter has had two miscarriages. And at the time when you spoke that word, she was pregnant again. And we were all fearful that she was going to have another miscarriage. And your word of two, more t- two times and no more, we have just taken for ourselves, and we've prayed into it, and we've prayed it through, and a couple of months later after that, he came and told me that that baby had gone to term, and they had a wonderful and beautiful baby. It was their first uh, two, and so it's amazing, isn't it? You don't always know what or how, but God speaks, and he does it for that guy, and his family is encouragement, strengthening and edification right where did we get to what does it do it strengthens it encourages and it comforts those that it is brought to the church or potentially an individual and I need this don't you I need strengthening I need encouraging I need comforting do you I need this gift in my life. This church needs this gift. And by the way, we're we're good at this, to be fair, church. You who prophesy, I want to commend and encourage you for the very fact that you step out and do that and the way that we have active gifts in this place. And I'm here to encourage everyone to prophesy in that same way so that we can all be encouraged in this way, What else does it do? It restores dignity. It can bring warning and correction. It can give direction. It can give an agenda for prayer. Prayer and prophecy are closely linked. I've said already it can be for evangelistic breakthrough. It can give an insight into pastoral situations that seem sticky and, and not going anywhere. It can provoke faith and it can bring vision. It can confirm teaching. It can stir thanksgiving and praise. And it does all of those things. And that's why it's such a vital gift. That's what it does. Here's what it doesn't do it should never leave the church feeling confused, condemned, or degraded. And it should never leave a person (laughs) feeling inferior, intimidated, or manipulated that's not prophecy that might be some false kind of teaching there are false prophets out there but it's not the gift that God would want for us so that's what does it do how do we hear it okay here we go here's the practicals how do we hear and perhaps how do we give a prophetic word from God Are you all right with this are we doing okay all right This might be you in terms of you may never have received a a prophetic word or given a prophetic word in this way. And uh, I want to encourage you, if God is speaking to you, here's how you can work it through. First thing is it's revelation, okay? It's from God. So that means we need to get with God. (laughs) If you want to hear God, the first place to go is here. This is God's word. And as we read it, we hear him Speaking through it to us. So we can meditate, if you like, on Him through His Word. Secondly, prayer. Coming to Him in communication with Him. And then waiting, being quiet enough to hear Him. That still small voice sometimes. Being still for more than a few minutes where everything of life doesn't come into your brain, but you're actually trying to hear and focus on God. That's the places where you will hear him. And anywhere else, by the way, in the supermarket. You know, wherever you are, God can speak. He wants you to have a desire for this. We've heard it already. Eagerly desire these gifts. Expect them. And as you expect to, God to speak to you, he may give you a burden, which is like a four uh, kind of taste of, of something that he wants to give you for someone, a burden for a person, for a place, or for a people group. And then they can come in all sorts of ways. Prophecies can come in dreams. Even as you are sleeping, God can speak to you. Did you know that? In visions. In impressions, in words that you might hear or see, and of course through Scripture. That's the revelation aspect of hearing from God. The second thing, I've already talked a little bit about this, is interpreting what you've heard. Okay, 1 Corinthians 13, 9, and this is really key for us. It says, we know in part and we prophesy in part. When completeness comes, the verse carries on, what is in part will disappear. So there will be a complete knowing, a complete fullness of being with God when he comes again. But until then, we hear in part and we know in part. And therefore, we can only prophesy in part. Our ability to hear God is limited. It's filtered by our culture, by our life, by everything that is going on around us. And we can be prone to interpret, or should I say misinterpret, what God is saying by our own thoughts and feelings. Do not be tempted to try and manufacture a word or an interpretation when one is not clear. Go away and pray. Seek God some more. Ask some questions when you are trying to get an interpretation. Does this fit with Scripture? Does it align with God's Word? Is it edifying, strengthening, and encouraging? Does it glorify Jesus? They're great questions to ask as you're hearing and trying to think about how you're going to share this. The third thing is application. Verse 29 of this passage says, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Some more questions are really helpful here. So you've heard something, you think you know who it's for or how, and then you can say, what do I do about this God? How do I bring this perhaps? It needs often to be applied. There's often a application to what you are bringing, and you can think about that. You can ask, who is this revelation for? Is it for me? And it might need to go no further. Is it for the whole church? Is it for the nation? Or is it for another person, an individual? When should I give it? If we're in a Sunday morning context, Part of this process happens at the front and you can come and share what God has given you to the host and we're there together to honor the gift, to work it out, to help apply it. We might ask you some questions as you, so you can continue to think and form this word so that it can be brought most effectively to God's glory and for the church's edification. Team works great. Around the prophetic. It was never meant to be a lone gift, but to work with apostles, with uh, evangelists, with leadership submitted into leadership and the local church. The word needs to be weighed, particularly if it is predictive or corrective. And our job as leaders and, uh, and hosts of this community is to help you with that process, and we do it together. Too many lone prophets out there who are not connected to the body, let alone submitted to the leadership and can in many ways cause more problems than they can good. The final thing is actually speaking this revelation out. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have a faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. I'm nothing but a clanging gong, a smashing cymbal, Paul says. This character behind the prophet is hugely important. Bring in something with humility, sensitivity, and love, 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 and more love. The prophetic gift is always submitted it is never imposed. And that can have an impact even on the language that we use. And so I tend to avoid the, the, the phrases like, God has said this. Because I only know in part. And I only prophesy in part. The word of the Lord today is, I would much rather say, I feel like God is saying. Or I've got a sense that God might be speaking can you see what the difference is there where you just take that down to enable everyone to be able to hear him and not think like there's some hotline for some to god and to people the aim here in the language is not to downplay prophecy we don't want to treat it with contempt but we want to recognize that we're human before a holy god And want to give what we've heard rather than more than we should. Friends, prophecy is a great gift. And I want to encourage us to eagerly desire it. Whoever you are, wherever you are. Let's start with that sense of encouragement that we might edify one another. And then let's grow to wherever God would lead us to more specific words, more specific situations, hearing him in greater depth and clarity and allowing him to use us to build his church and to extend his kingdom. I'd love the worship band to come. As we have looked at the whole subject of prophecy in what is a very kind of matter of fact systematic way I want to invite the Holy Spirit now to do what he does which is not generally matter of fact or necessarily systematic as he releases gifts and speaks to us his people um, for one another and so Why don't we um, just stand together as the band are just preparing. I want to encourage us to dive into the prophetic. All right, God's swimming pool is full and he wants us to jump in to gifts we've heard about the gift of tongues today the gift of prophecy let the Holy Spirit come now and just minister to you that gives you that desire to want to prophesy to want to have this gift you can ask him for it maybe this is something you're not familiar with at all then just ask him for this gift holy spirit come those of you who already have jumped in as it were to this pool uh You're in the shallow end and God's put a burden on you for a greater gift. Just receive the Holy Spirit in the sense that open your arms to him, ask him, take you deeper, help you to hear more significantly. to share these things with greater weight, greater clarity as he leads you. Lord, we pray for an explosion of the revelation of God in this place. You know, he once, we once had a prophecy from a, a, a well-known guy who had a renowned prophetic gift and he talked about three wells being opened in this church. The well of salvation, the well of healing and the well of revelation. Lord, we want to see that, don't we? Would you open the wells, God? Open the wells in our hearts and in this place that we would see your kingdom come in all of these ways for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm just going to band are going to take us in in terms of just hearing god now okay so they're going to sing just the kind of song that will help us and i want you to just open your ears and allow him to speak to you just let's just practice for a moment hearing god let what does he want to say to you on this day as you open your mind and heart and ears to him today let's be led with the band but maybe you're just listening maybe you're listening to the band yes but to God and to the Holy Spirit and let's see what God will do as we listen to him